So I guess for the last time this year, everyone, welcome to Manufacturing Hub. I'm Dave. This crazy guy next to me is Vlad. Uh, we run Manufacturing Hub. Most of the time we have a guest there in what I'm going to call the hot seat from now on because that sounds great and I wish I had thought about that before. But this week we are in the hot seat. And if this is the first time you've listened to the show, welcome. Thank you guys for coming and being here. This is going to be slightly different, but we're going to try to give you all of the same value as uh, as we normally get. So instead of doing introductions of our guests and asking them to, to do that short intro, uh, Vlad, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you. Can you tell the people who you are and what you do? Putting me right on the spot, Dave. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the intro that I give everybody is that I now got close to 10 years of systems integration experience. I've started at uh, very large firms, P&G, Kraft Heinz, and then moved into a smaller systems integrator. So I've got various backgrounds uh, working in manufacturing, more specifically automation. At uh, this point, I've decided to start my own business after finishing my MBA. So I'm currently running a small systems integration arm. I also run Solus BLC that Dave had brought up that does more training and provide support to manufacturers, automation, and more specifically engineers and technicians in uh, automation roles. And uh, one of the, I guess, most recent ventures has been our data labs in which we're trying to figure out a better solution for managing manufacturing data. So that's kind of like what I do currently. There's certainly a lot of changes coming along, um, but uh, as of 2021 or the end of 2021, that's uh, my current intro. How about you, Dave? What's uh, what's your intro like? Awesome. I love that, Vlad. So what, one clarification yep. uh, on you. So Arc Data Labs, I know you and I have talked about it. I think this is the first time we've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a website if someone was going to look at it yet? Uh, we do have a website. I couldn't tell you that it's completely finalized. There's a description of what we're trying to do, but we are working on it. So we actually have like a small demo that's uh, mm-hmm. finalized on the technical side, but the integrations when it comes to, you know, showing some dashboards of what's possible with the data is not finalized. But to answer your question, it's going to be arcdatalabs.com. So A-R-C datalabs.com. Awesome. No, perfect. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. And, and so uh, I, I kind of uh, I kind of go a little bit shorter on my description. So um, I tell people my name is Dave Griffith. I help, you know, manufacturing companies go through digital transformations that pay for themselves. Uh, typically, I work with a couple of different groups. So I will go through and work with end users who either have a very particular problem that we need to figure out the solution for, or they've got a much larger problem like I want to go through a digital transformation or honestly any sort of organizational change. And then we go through what I have rebranded in 2021 as a design sprint in which we sit down with all of the people, have those conversations, and then lay out what I call a roadmap in order to kind of pluck the lowest hanging fruit in order to go through the process to to solve their problem and to set them up for success in the future. Uh, Beyond that, I also will work with some service providers or some uh, other companies, uh, mainly offering solutions into those manufacturing spaces. Uh, I've spent much of the last seven or eight years kind of working closer and closer towards the next generation, the bleeding edge of technology. And like I like to say, 
Uh, I, I love what we're doing now. Part of what I feel like I provide to my end users and into the community is to, you know, work on what's going to be the next, next generation. And I probably still have another 20 or 30 years of working in this business. And I know the stuff that we're calling next generation today is not going to be next generation uh, when I'm getting ready to uh, to be finished, if that ever happens. Uh, but I think we'll have episode 1000 of the podcast before anyone has to uh, has to worry about that. And Dave, if I may ask a question of you, are there any specific industries that are you that you're focusing on, or are you doing a broad range of companies? Is there maybe also do you help companies of a specific size? Is it across the board? What are your thoughts around that? So I'm fairly industry agnostic. Um, I don't do a lot of work in the pharma, uh, in the farm industry. So a lot of the, so I guess a little bit more of my background. So my background is, is in aviation, right? So I, I spent some time working on aircraft and then I spent some time working with companies. Then we built aircraft facilities. And so I, to the surprise of probably no one who has uh, read, you know, 1500 pages of FARs, uh, don't work with a lot of exceptionally regulated industries. Uh, I will generally, you know, open to, uh, to just about anything, but I do a lot of OEM manufacturing. I do a lot of food and beverage or consumer processed goods. Um, I do a little bit of oil and gas. I do a little bit of a lot of things. I generally find that kind of my broad experience is beneficial because I come in not as the process expert, but I come in as the person who can ask the right questions so that we can get to the answers and the solutions that we need. And I find that many times the answers are available within the facility, within the process experts, I suppose, either internally or externally. And my my position is not the process expert. My position is the person that can distill the information out of the process expert and then provide us a path to success. Mm-hmm. If I if I may tie that to a conversation that we had, um, I believe it was with Max, right? He mentioned that it's uh, it, it's maybe within their how to say it's site to figure out the reasoning to some of these problems, but a lot of mm-hmm. times they need someone external to come in and be able to analyze the situation either from a different angle or again, as you said, they may have a lot of experts that are very specifically. I guess, trained on petroleum processing and they understand like the oil and gas industry, but someone from the outside would have a more generalized perspective that has been, again, a problem that has been solved somewhere else and uh, they just don't have that maybe, I would say metaphorical blinders, right? Like they're very like in-depth knowledge on their industry, but outside help is definitely helpful. But no, that's something we talked about with Max quite extensively. Absolutely. And I I guess I should say that Max and I align nearly 100% on many of our thoughts um, and and the processes that that we go through. We have the the first conversation I had with Max a little over a year ago, it was he and I came to nearly the same conclusion from two almost completely different uh, aspects of it. And so that is why Max and I have been good friends for for the last year. Yes. And so if you guys, and we, we will talk about Max Krug, who was episode... 33. Um, we will talk about Max and kind of our conversation a little bit more later, uh, but yeah. he, it is a fantastic, uh, fantastic conversation. Um, and, and with that, I will let us move on as we have uh, as we have many things 
in order to uh, to get to. And I think I will I'll take the kind of the first whack at the, the next topic. And it's kind of a thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, as Vlad and I alluded to in the beginning, this is episode 42. And I don't think he and I necessarily a year ago or a year and a half ago when we started having this conversation thought we'd get to episode 42 and more than 3000 listens uh, on podcasts and thousands or no, probably tens of thousands plus. No, maybe a hundred, many, many thousands of people, you guys listening and watching us every week and, and every month. So I think I wanted to kick it off by saying, you know, thank you to you guys uh, for this. I am confident without you guys continuing to show up, we absolutely would not continue to do this and we yep. wouldn't have continued to uh, to do this every week. So so thank you to, to you guys uh, for listening in droves every week. And Dave, we've just we've gotten a lot of comments. I don't know if you're able to see the LinkedIn feed, but we've got a lot of comments from previous well listeners, but as well as guests. So Jonathan, Zach, Mohammed, John Pillar, James, uh, are all saying solid hats and uh, are wishing us a happy holidays, I guess, ahead. But uh, no, like as you said, I think it's uh, definitely a blessing to be part of this community. I think there's a lot of people who are bringing in really good questions. Our guests have been phenomenal as well. We've had some really interesting conversations around very technical topics. And I, I really hope that we can continue to bring just as much value to our listeners uh, going forward into 22. But besides the guests, listeners, we've also had a really great sponsors. So I certainly didn't think, you know, when you asked me if I mm-hmm. thought uh, we were going to get to episode 42, <laughs> I certainly didn't have, didn't think that we would have sponsors by episode 42. Um, but we were able to bring on some like really great companies, including Copy Automation, Phoenix Contact, uh, Siemens, and uh, we've got up to 22 coming up as well that we can announce since that's the formal sponsor for January 2022. So we want to thank them as well uh, for supporting the show uh, this year and going into 2022. So really appreciate that as well. Absolutely. No, no. Thank you to you guys. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the changes that we made in the show. And you guys have probably seen a lot of changes uh, with the clips, with getting the podcast out more often. Uh, we, we've done a lot of things. And so thank you to, uh, to all the sponsors who have who have happily uh, been part of this and allow us to uh, to continue to build um, as we move into uh, to 2022. So uh, so thank you guys uh, for that. Uh, talking about, I guess it's kind of a thank you to everyone, right, Vlad? Uh, so I had mentioned it uh, in the original comments. Uh, so uh, with the last episode, the Emerging Technologies theme, uh, we have a drawing for some Siemens software. So if you guys go to manufacturinghub.live, um, you, you'll have a link probably in 12 different places that you guys can go see the current giveaway. Um, it's for some. It's for a really nice package of somatic software that I think Vlad and I would probably arm wrestle over if uh, if we weren't in the uh, in the process of giving it away. Uh, so we are gonna extend that drawing through the through the new year, and we're gonna draw that live on January 5th. Um, all you have to do if you want to enter is you just go and you give us your name, your email, you get to go on the list of, uh, it's it's our email list, right? So you get to go on the list and you get to get notified of the cool things uh, that we're getting ready to do. Um, 
it's it's one email a week. I can't imagine it's ever going to get more than uh, than approximately one email a week. And it's just kind of all of the stuff we're doing. So if you would like to stay up to date or have your chance to uh, to win some software, uh, please go ahead and, uh, and and do that. And we we won't say what it is, but we've got some pretty awesome giveaways that we are looking to do um, in January, in January. And going yep. forward. Yes. And, and going forward from that, again, as very much like a thank you to you guys for, uh, for everything and continuing to be part of this. Uh, now, I promised to do the end of the episode first, Vlad. And so I always ask, um, I, I like to call this our hashtag not sponsored audible a bit because I'm going to ask people for their book recommendation. And then Vlad is going to immediately turn around and uh, Vlad is immediately going to turn around and download it on audible. Uh, ironically, at some point, Beth, my, my wife said, Hey, maybe you guys should start tagging audible to see if they'll sponsor your show. I don't, I don't think we're at that point. I'm not sure we're ever going to get to that point. Uh, but, but Vlad, I know that you, Sounds like we have lost Dave momentarily. I don't know if uh, everybody else can hear me still. But um, as Dave was going to ask, we've got uh, several books. So that's usually our question for the guests. We ask for the books that we can recommend. Dave, you're back. Awesome. I can see you moving I am now. back. So as I was going to finish up your thought, I was going to start naming my books. So I've got three books uh, for this year. So the first two uh, we've heard from our, actually all three of them, I think we've uh, heard from our guests. So number one, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, as me and Dave briefly discussed this book, I think it's uh, less of a tactical book, but more of a mindset book. So it ultimately talks about negotiation techniques. And I think for me, especially uh, what it has revealed is that I could be better at uh, not necessarily negotiating very concrete things, but having discussions that lead to a very specific goal or conclusion that I'm looking to achieve. So very important book to read if you're in any field, to be honest with you. I think, again, I don't know if Dave, you will agree, but this impacts all areas of life and how you just convey yourself and become more conscious, I would say, how you uh, communicate in a general sense. Uh, book number two, Extreme Ownership. Did you want to comment on that one? Never split the difference, Dave? Yeah, I was going to say, I yep. think it's I think it's a good book. I would say it's very much a perspective book um, to kind of to your comments uh, with their flag. And I, yes, I think it's, it's a good book. It's a perspective book. Uh, I would, again, not necessarily take it as like uh, scripture and follow it as a path to go try to negotiate in this industry. But I would absolutely say that it will kind of help change and warp your mindset when you talk about it. And especially for many people who historically have not done a lot of negotiation. Yeah. I think that that is, uh, I think that that will, that's a good book. That was going to be one of my books until, uh, until Vlad grabbed it first on the, uh, on the list. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I mean, I would add like one last thought about that. It came up as you were uh, talking about the book is that it doesn't necessarily just apply in pure negotiations, right? Because you can think of you talking about your salary with your boss or some of the projects you want to be on. That's also a type of a negotiation. And I think it really opens your mind to kind of the opportunities that are out there. In any case, the second book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. So in general, I, I like to listen to his podcast as well. 
Uh, so Jocko is a Navy SEAL with, uh, if I remember correctly, close to 25, 30 years of experience. So he talks a lot about, you know, being in control of, uh, quote unquote, let's say your destiny. But um, at the end of the day, like everything is in your hands versus trying to either blame or take credit for anything else. So I really like the way he presents things with, uh, I would say, no, uh, you know, no sugarcoating in between. So mm-hmm. just really like his style. And the last book on our list, I think it was recommended by several people. And the first one, I believe it was Chris Schley on a very early episode uh, when we spoke to Chris. It's The Goal by... Eliyahu Goldratt. So it's a book that talks very specifically about improving plant manufacturing processes. And again, for me, the perspective was kind of realizing what was done in automation and what the reasons or thoughts were behind that before, you know, I got to see the larger picture. Because I think if you're maybe too deep in the trenches in a maybe technician or engineering type of role, you're just being told to execute certain things, but you don't necessarily know why. And so I think like that book does a really good, um, it's a story book as well, Mm -hmm. right? That's kind of paints that picture and allows you to understand why things are done in a certain way in manufacturing. Dave, what are your thoughts on, on those two last books? Absolutely. Uh, specifically the goal. So that was also going to uh, to be on my list. So um, I, I don't remember Chris suggesting that, but I remember Huck suggested that. So mm-hmm. Huck Bales, um, early on, he suggested it. And I'm sure Max would have suggested it had it not been taken a couple of times already. And so um, that that was also a good, uh, good conversation. And Dr. Goldrat has a series of books um, that I promise you, if you get into a 45 minute uh, wormhole, because that's what Max and I were doing yesterday, I'm um, talking about those, but, but all of those are good. It, it's, I think all of them are very much perspective changers. And so if you're looking to change perspectives, those are good. I have, if you guys are audiobook fans, I know Never Split the Difference and Extreme Ownership are on um, audiobook. I don't know if the goal is on audiobook. When, when I read that, I, I read that in paper. I got it on as an audiobook. Okay. I guess most things, uh, especially with the price difference between the US and Canada, are just easier for me to get in uh, yeah. audiobook format if it is available. So it is, it is there, the goal. Perfect. Um, and th- then to, uh, to to my recommendations. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside of manufacturing uh, to kind of expand that a little bit. Uh, so one of the uh, one of the authors I found within or maybe refound within the last you know six months or a year. Uh, the gentleman's name is Hampton Sides. He worked in uh, I-, I think he worked in newspaper and a bunch of other things. And so he writes a book every year or two. And I've been listening to a bunch of them on audiobook over the year. Uh, he writes a lot of them in like Americana, right? So there's like Blood and Thunder, which is the one I've been listening to, which is kind of how the the real story of how the American West was won. Um, There is a book surrounding kind of the whole Martin Luther King Jr. assassination and everything that led up to that and kind of his perspective on that. Uh, There's one about the first trek to the North Pole, and there are a couple of other books. And it's fantastic storytelling, and it's exceptionally fantastic storytelling for, you know, what people would consider real work in there. Um, so I would absolutely suggest uh, taking a look at him. I have listened to three or four of his books on audiobook um, on my Libby app, which is my uh, normal uh, library app, which which is my fav- one of my favorite apps. Um, the other one 
which is a perspective shifter, is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, that was actually recommended by Preston, um, again, early back in the uh, one of the original podcasts, Preston Hadley. Uh, he's been on a couple of times. That, that for me is less of a let's go take it all as gospel and more of it you need to put in place and processes and procedures in place and you need to I'm going to call it automate and outsource as much as possible in order to uh, in order to be successful so I uh, I, I love that I think that that is uh, that is very good and uh, kind of as Vlad and I both talked about uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts that's probably why we make a podcast I'm gonna throw a slight uh, I'm gonna throw a slight audible in here and uh, and list a couple of podcasts that I think uh, people may like. Um, so kind of the uh, all generally outside of the uh, of the manufacturing space, we, we may have some shout outs to other manufacturing podcasts uh, later. Uh, but the first one is the Cortex podcast, which are a couple of guys who talk about basically business, right? It's like kind of a super meta two or three year journey about their business. If you guys saw, I bought the the theme system journal, uh, which is actually one of their first uh, pieces of hardware and system. And that is something that I've listened to basically since the beginning and have done some planning and some changes in my life kind of based along that. And so I I would suggest that um, again, Do you mind sharing like, like some more details about that, Dave? Sorry to to interrupt. Like how, uh, like what changes have you made? And I guess have you started using that uh, like agenda or planner? Yeah. So um, two or three years ago, they put out uh, a theme, uh, like like a themed based uh, podcast towards the end of the year, like the themes of I don't know, probably like 2019, right? And up until that point, I hadn't necessarily considered what I want, like the big, ch- like I had goals, right? Like there are goals of I would like to do these things, but they were disjointed, right? Like, you know, I, I want to go to X place and I want to do, you know, Y thing uh, and work and I want to do these three other things. And so those are kind of disjointed. And so for me, I have been thinking more of my, my goals and themes or large buckets. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about kind of plans later. And I, I have kind of sat down and thought about what I want to do and I've built them into four large buckets. Uh, so this one is not currently filled out. Um, cause I was waiting for the, the journal to come in actually. Um, and so you guys can see that it's a theme. And so there are four pages of it. There's themes, a description, and I think they're like 10 boxes. Uh, uh, let's see, two, four, six, there are eight boxes of, um, of things to talk about. And then there are daily 90, there are 90 pages for a day. So there you buy them in, I bought four, one for each quarter and it's just room to write. And I guess if you guys don't know, I, I have what Beth, my wife may call a slight obsession uh, with, with like stationary and notebooks. I'm, I'm literally sitting here. So, so th- this is the one that I wrote in over the course of the last year. I'm literally, you know, drowning in, in paper and notebooks and pens because that, that is how I like to plan. And I like to, to spend time doing that. And I, I write most of my best stuff um, when I write that. So for me, that has been a bit of a change. They recently came out with the, the kind of the themes for 2021 and I thought it was interesting. And, and for me, the, the perspective has been different. So, so they are very much like B2C. So Mike, one of the gentlemen, uh, runs, a, runs a podcast network called Relay.f, Relay FM. And Gray, 
is like a famous YouTuber, right? So if you watch Hello Internet um, or something like that, which I hadn't heard of until I found him, then it became a, uh, th- that is where he is, uh, th- that is where he is famous from. And they kind of talk about building their business and building their brand. For me, it was like a good trajectory because at the point that I found them, I was very much, I was a little behind them, right? Like I was a little behind them in what I wanted to do, but the goals were very similar. So um, I would absolutely, I, I think I recommend it three times a year, but I would absolutely uh, recommend uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, I would absolutely recommend uh, the, the Cortex podcast. That is a fantastic podcast. Uh, besides that, if you guys are into kind of like fantasy, which I think a lot of people are because a lot of my books on the reading list are fantasy recommendations from our guests. Um, Beth, Beth and I have been listening to the Adventure Zone podcast, uh, which is like, I, I used to think it was a D&D podcast. It's not a D&D podcast. It's a radio host. His name is Clint and his three sons that have grown up. They've built a podcast network and they all get together to like kind of sort of play games. It's very much a storytelling podcast. And that's which with a one? Bunch that's of, the Adventure Zone? Just to that's, that's, the, that's the Adventure Zone. Adventure. Um, I will say that if you guys listen to the, the, the first arc balance, it's really good, but it takes four or five or six episodes to get into because you can obviously tell that it is uh, that it is the first time that they've podcasted. But if you guys have been with us for 42 episodes and we are just in the process of hitting our stride, you guys can listen to the, uh, the McElroy's uh, talk about the adventure zone. And then the third one I have, it's a more recent edition. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm on airplanes and while I go to sleep. And so I really like, uh, it's called the meat eater podcast. Uh, the, the, the guy, Steven has a show on Netflix. And before that it was on like discovery. Um, the, the show is very like hunting based. This is significantly less hunting based. This is kind of more outdoor nature conservation. They bring a lot of people in and, uh, and talk about it. And so I find that it's a very interesting perspective and they have very calming voices. And if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and need to put something on because you can't sleep, those guys are always good for two or three hours of just very nice uh, dulcet conversation. And if you can't get back to sleep, you'll come up with a bunch of really strange, interesting factoids. Um, uh, yeah, you'll come up with a bunch of very strange, interesting factoids. And so th- those guys are based in Montana. And uh, you guys may know Beth and I spend a lot of time um, out in that pun- part of the uh, in that part of the world. And so it- it's almost like going home without being under ten feet of snow. We had a few comments as I as you were describing the first podcast, Dave. So Jonathan mentioned that the concepts uh, that you talked about from the Cartex remind him of the book called Designing Your Life, and he posted a link in the chat. Tim also said you and Ember would be would be like peas and carrots when it comes to notebooks. Uh, James said writing the lost art. Uh, that's an interesting, you know, um, that's like a maybe a short conversation we can have. I'm also of the, I would say like writing down makes me remember things and it mm-hmm. seems more intuitive than, you know, just uh, putting it into like a Google doc or like a spreadsheet immediately, um, which is maybe like the transitional period. I think we're still, or I guess like me and you still grew up in that age where we were taught at school to write and I didn't have to let's say use a computer for school unless it was at home, right? Like to do some of the assignments. And I would say like even later on, like more in the college time time frame mm-hmm. and whatnot. But uh, I think nowadays 
maybe we wouldn't relate to all the younger generation coming up. I don't even know. Like, I haven't asked anyone who's like, you know, 15 to 20 years old. Do they write things down by by hand or is it all like on an iPad versus computer? I don't know. It's interesting. I so so for me, I find that when I write it down to your point, Vlad, I remember it more. Yes. And it's more valuable. And I, I do. I mean, I think we all do a lot of typing. And so if I'm typing something, I'm just going to keep it in a drafts app or, or a Word doc app or something like that. And I can go through and, and find it. But for me, if I want to commit something to memory or actually make it worth it, you know, I'm, I'm going to write it down in a notebook. And so the, I do notebooks every year. Um, I have four notebooks in front of me. So I, I do notebook. I do notebooks every year. They have different things in them. You know, some are ideas, some are kind of like, I'm going to write out copy of things I'm working for, or I'm going to write down, you know, five, you know, themes or five trends that I think are going to take off next year. I'm going to do a lot of those things. And I'm almost certainly going to do it in a notebook and cross things out and be able to feel it as I write it, as opposed to type it out, at least as a first draft. I think all of that is, is honestly for me, that, that is how I write. And so um, as a preview to a later section, so if you guys can see, I bought these note cards, right? And so it, you, it, there, there's nothing on it currently. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a system called analog and it's a go ahead and write the, the 10 tasks down uh, that you want during the day. And uh, I just started using it a week or two ago. And ironically, I wrote down 10 tasks the first day as I went to start and the 10 tasks took literally my entire week to attempt to complete. So it's an ongoing process and it helps me. It's something that I like to do at the end of the day or before I go to bed that night to know that I, and I've been listing it in kind of order of either an order of importance or in order of they have to get done. So the first thing that I have to get done, I want it to be at the top of the list. And there's just something satisfying about being able to, you know, draw in the circle or check off the box and be able to move down to the next. That is much better than my calendar, which I live by. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the calendar stuff I live by, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist for meetings. But I struggle to do like to do and to do other things like that in that app or in other apps, I've, I've tried many of them and it just has not worked for me very well. So uh, 2021, or I suppose 2022 is the year that I'm going to try analog and we will see how that works out. Dave, before I read out uh, some of those comments, the analog system, is that based on what's taught in the Cortex podcast or is that a separate, do you have a link um, you can put up? Uh, or- yeah. Um, it's, in case people are interested in checking yes. it out here. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold it up. It's uh dot com slash analog. Um, and okay. you guys can go ahead and find that. So, so um, yes. And so I, I found that um, they have a nice little travel case, uh, which is what most, most of my stuff uh, lives in. And that just lives in my backpack. And let me move the other one. Uh, they have this beautiful walnut hardwood, um, uh, d- divider thing if you are the sort of person that has a desk and lives at a desk interesting and so here let me put the cards up top um i, I think i made a post earlier so yeah let's get there so th- this just lives on my desk with my cards and the things that i have to do and so you guys may or may not have seen my post 
uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, about Black Friday. So, so these are one of the small makers that, that I made a purchase on because they had a killer deal. And so I purchased, you know, what generally amounts to nearly a year's worth of these cards in order to uh, in order to be able to go through as a I think I want to do it. It feels like it should work for me. And generally speaking, it has worked better for me than kind of going to the next page in the notebook and trying to write the things down that I need to do. I always find that frustrating because I move so many things from one page to the next or at some point I'm across four pages of notes and I've done some of them, but I still have some at the top. So. I like yeah. the, the clarity and conciseness of that. That is something that I am absolutely working on kind of distilling down into uh, into next year. And if you guys are interested about this, uh, we will do, and I think Vlad and I are going to try to do streams of some sort kind of along these lines, at least once a quarter, like outside of the themes. And we, we can put together something like this and have this conversation. Um, and it could kind of give you updates on, on how things are going as well. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. I mean, because, you know, to go back to the core principles that I think are taught in many, not just books, but in general, like life perspectives, you do need to write down your goals. And if there's mm -hmm. a system that simplifies that process, uh, even, you know, for me, because I am not the best person to keep track of everything, but uh, it seems like an interesting way to kind of boost your productivity because, um, to be honest with you, so I use a spreadsheet version, which is uh, Airtable, a different software. And so not everything is obviously completed. But no, I mean, it, it's an interesting system. So I'll have to research a little bit more to see if it makes sense. But no, we had uh, two comments uh, in the chat. So Jonathan says, the last two, three months of my work is always documented in Steno Notebook. Mm -hmm. Not sure what uh, Steno is, must be a brand. But I've been uh, considering is. going to an iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil. I could also sketch diagrams and do video editing on it. Um, honestly, uh, that's an interesting thought. I've tried, you know, I've owned like multiple iPads. I'd go through this phase mm -hmm. of I'm going to try and shift like to completely digital. Um, and maybe again, because of the uh, age or like the upbringing mm -hmm. is, oh, it has always been a challenge. You know what I mean? So I always yeah. end up kind of reverting back to the pen and paper. Uh, which also gives me maybe some time away from screens that I really yeah. am starting to appreciate more and more. But uh, if it works for you, Jonathan, let us know. I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, and I know that some of the, again, some of the software has gotten really good mm -hmm. on those machines. So you can do like actual really good video editing as opposed yeah. to like needing a PC. So, so to Jonathan's point, I had that exact same thought uh, pre-pandemic. And so I, I have an iPad Pro, right? I have an Apple Pencil. I love it. Um, my thought was that I'm going to go take this. I'm going to take the notes digitally, at least while I'm at a client site. So then I can go kind of just upload them to my cloud and I can have them and I can divvy them out as needed. Um, it worked okay when I was spending a lot of time on client sites and we just kind of hit a point in which I wasn't going to, uh, in, in which I wasn't at client sites all the time. at least in part to Vlad's answer. It's easier on pen and paper. That was my preference. Uh, if I was working in a team that I had to take my notes and digitize them and immediately upload them, and that was more valuable than taking a picture of the paper and then pushing it upwards, um, that, would, that would make sense 
I haven't necessarily got to that point. So uh, beyond that, Jonathan, there's there's a tablet called Remarkable and Remarkable 2 that I know a couple of people who work at facilities who love. And that's basically just kind of like, I think they call it e-ink, right? So it's basically a notebook that you write on that gets uploaded again, I assume to the cloud. And then I know some people that use Rocketbooks, which is, uh, which is, it's kind of normal it's kind of normal plasticized paper. It's got a QR code in the bottom. And then the ink itself is special because it's basically wipe off ink. And so I, I think you throw it in the microwave or maybe that was the first iteration of it. You don't have to do it, but like you, you can take all the notes on it. You can take a picture and it digitizes it uh, through its system. So I think there are a couple of things to do it. I think that the number one benefit of the iPad pro is everything else that you can do with it. Um, and if you are going to do those things, I think the iPad Pro is, is a fantastic machine. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday. I own an iPad Pro because it's just like super nerdy, right? Um, it, it's way above what almost anyone could possibly need or want. It's a, this is just something that I, I want. I must have. I'm going to use it to some, you know, percentage of it. Um, and uh, yes, but but if, if that that's what you need to convince everyone at the house or the office to to let you buy an iPad Pro, I think everyone who owns an iPad Pro would tell you to go for it, Jonathan. Yeah, and I think you followed up with a few comments. I guess again, it there's some advanced software that you can uh, use on it. So he mentioned Adobe Illustrator as well. And again, like if you're doing video editing, I think it uh, certainly makes sense. Uh, we also had a comment from Hank, so he's referring back to you know writing on paper versus on computers so he's saying we homeschooled and taught uh, their kids to printing and cursive writing before they get to the computer all three still write out stuff in books all the time again I guess like I think it really depends I think we're in a shift um, I know that uh, like my nephews for example are getting iPads or like the version the Android version or the cheaper version mm-hmm. of an iPad as early as I think like three or four years old in uh, kindergartens just to like play with things but uh, i'm curious to see again in uh, five ten years as they grow up how that's going to impact uh, note taking and productivity in general and some of the other i guess aspects of business because uh, for me it's certainly not the same as for them but uh, no dave what's um you know if we want to move through some of the Mm -hmm. other items on this list the next typical question that we ask our guests is some career advice what Mm -hmm. uh, what have you got for our listeners for this year and next year absolutely so i think we've had a lot of fantastic career advice Uh, that is a question that we've recently started asking i think we've gotten a bunch of it i think vlad and i'll give a bunch of it uh, as well And then beyond that, if you guys have other questions that you'd like to hear us ask all of our guests, please feel free to drop them in the comments below or send us a message. We'd love to kind of expand that rapid fire questions or for Vlad and I, very slow questions that we talk about a lot for 45 minutes. Uh, But no, so on the career advice side, I have kind of two major things, uh, things that I have, at least the first is something that I've tried to continue to force myself to do. And that's basically do things that make you uncomfortable um, or, or kind of thought about in another way, say yes and figure it out. And as I think about it, uh, you know, I never made a marketing video until I'm like, okay, we, we have to do it and we'll figure out how to do it. And, you know, the first one was a stationary camera pointed at a display and it was like 20 minutes of just talking and kind of showing different things. And then one of the first ones that I've, one of the first series that I did was literally PowerPoint and I'm not even sure my face was on them, right? 
but I think it, it's say yes and figure it out. Uh, you know, thinking about it, I, I didn't, and I'm sure Vlad never programmed a PLC until you program a PLC. You don't figure out how to fix something that is broken until you fix something that is broken. And so by continuing to say yes to things that you're uncomfortable with, it's going to allow you to help grow and become better. And in this age, it's something that we need to continue to do to continue to reinvent ourselves. Unless you go look at projects that you are probably way underqualified for, you're never going to get the opportunity to uh, to go look those projects. Uh, and then kind of the, the second part of career advice that I have, which, which fairly well dovetails into that is is basically watch out for yourself. You know, in the, the 2020s and beyond, you need to be your best advocate. You need to make sure that the things that you're doing make sense for your career path and your career goals. Um, I'll shout out to one of our earlier episodes, Billy Albritton. He shared a document that he had of he had kind of written out everything that he wanted to do in his career. And he was fairly far into it. He didn't think he was going to get to become CEO of Apple, but short of becoming CEO of Apple, he's doing a fantastic job. And I think a lot of that is because he knew what he wanted and he was willing to work hard in order to get there. So watch out for uh, watch out for yourself and make sure that you have your best interests in mind. You know, unless it's your business, then make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your family, as opposed to, you know, spending five years of your life doing one thing because that's what makes the most sense for the business. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself with certifications, with family, with spending time, with doing all of those things. Uh, yeah. Vlad, w- w- either what are your thoughts on that or what's uh, what's your career advice that you got for everyone? Well, I was going to say, as you bring this up, I don't think we've shared, you know, Billy's actual list because I, I don't remember if he wanted to keep it private or we just simply didn't have the capability, I'd say, with sharing the doc live, but it was extremely impressive. So Billy had to paint you maybe a, a picture for those of you who are listening, uh, a very detailed career plan of where he wanted to be, by what age, at which companies he aspired to work, and essentially mm-hmm. a trajectory with which, you know, if I was interviewing him or had to ask him any questions about uh, what he's looking to do, I would be extremely impressed with someone having that level of preparedness. Because I think to the question of where do you see yourself in five years, uh, at least I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to say most people, but in general, uh, people just kind of either blank out or have a very generic answer. But Billy had a very well detailed. So that was a, a really cool uh, discussion. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he managed to go from he was a manager at um, uh, Pratt, and Whitney. Was it? Pratt and Whitney. That's right. Pratt and Whitney and transitioned to being a director at uh was it bd right bd so mm-hmm. in uh, medical devices manufacturing so uh, nothing to uh, um, i would say like it's a very cool transition to go through and i think again being prepared for those steps uh was extremely important but no uh, dave i i agree with uh, with your points i think it's something we all need to do more of especially being uncomfortable that's the only way to grow but uh some of us are better placed for taking on those challenges than others. It, it's it's tough, right? It's, I think, a learning point for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, on my side, you know, one thing that I always reflect on, and that's because I think I'm a little bit in the teaching industry, right? I'm trying to convey content. But when I speak to many people who are trying to learn something or or are looking to teach others, what I often hear is kind of the pushback of, 
I'm never seeing myself going back to school or, you know, I've, alert, I've already learned enough. And I think like my um, response to that is I don't think we'll ever stop learning, uh, including myself. I'm currently going and trying to get my uh, cloud-based certifications because I think a lot of technology, a lot of, uh, again, the discussions that we have on the podcast are changing, right? Like nothing's going to stay stagnant. And the more uh, knowledge you can gain or invest in yourself, ultimately, it's going to help you in dividends down the road. But for sure, again, as Dave mentioned, it comes with a caveat of you don't want to spend all of your time trying to upskill yourself for you, try and figure out what makes sense for you, what kind of synergizes, if I may use an MBA based term, uh, what synergizes with uh, your current roles and what will help you grow uh, in the future. But never say that you're never going back to school or not essentially going to learn anything else because I think it's really uh, just shooting yourself in the foot in the long run. So continue to learn uh, at all times. But well, no. Absolutely. Um, and then kind of to, to that point, Vlad, I think when we talk about continuing to learn, I don't think it's ever been easier to learn, yep. uh, kind of easier and most cost effective. Yeah, yes, you have that traditional engineering MBA school route that, excuse me, many of us and many of the people in the, the comments and the listeners will have gone down, but you have a ton of training courses out there, right? And you can pick and choose. I think that there are probably five or six different groups who are doing amazing training courses in just the automation manufacturing space. And it seems like most of you guys are continuing to put out new content, and you guys, Solis and, and Tim in the comments and Sean and Paulin and, uh, you know, Stephen Gates and all you guys wouldn't continue to grow at the leaps and bounds that you grow without people wanting to learn. And so I think yep. that absolutely continue to learn. And it doesn't even have to be certifications. I think it should be a find something and learn something and get better every day. And as yep. long as you get just a little bit better every day at the end of six months or a year or five years, you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe all of the things I've done now five years ago. I didn't think I would be where I'm at. And I would imagine both Vlad and I five years ago would not think that we are either in the physical places or the slightly less metaphorical places we are with our careers. Yeah, I, w I would add, you know, like a very small comment. Uh, I think you mentioned a really important thing is that uh, even not to discredit, you know, what we're doing with Solus PLC, but I don't think that certifications should be the end goal. What should really be the goal is to get the knowledge that you can then apply in, again, if it's in your profession, maybe it is a hobby, right? Like if you want to learn something for fun, but ultimately I think it's a mistake that people sometimes make is that they're going to maybe take certain shortcuts to get a certification. What's really important is the knowledge. And again, I've seen this time and time again uh, that you want to learn. And as I keep saying, invest in yourself to actually absorb the information rather than just get a piece of paper. And I think this applies again to college degrees. It applies to any like trades that you might do to any certifications. What's more important is always the knowledge rather than the paper, but Absolutely. in any case, Dave, on a lighter note, who should be reaching out to you? Who are you looking to help? I know that you've got given us a introduction already. What are your, uh, re what is your response to that? 
Absolutely, Vlad. I, I mean, I, I think that this is the most important question that we ask, right? Uh, m- m- maybe much more important than the last ones. But no, I would say on the who should reach out to me, basically, I want to have pe- conversations with people in manufacturing who want to solve tough problems, or perhaps you have a problem that you need help solving. Right. Uh, So as I said before, you know, I work with service providers and I work with end users. You know, I do a bunch of work kind of up and down. I've got a few end users that I do work with regularly, either in very specific targeted issues that we can't figure out or in a much broader sense. And then every year I'll work with somewhere between, you know, two to six service providers or uh, companies building software or companies looking to come to the U.S. trying to get into the the market. So if you kind of fit within any of those or just generally want to talk talk about manufacturing, uh, please feel free to reach out. I would love to find a time uh, to be able to try to have some conversation. I will say that between now and the end of the year is is pretty much full with the combination of work and dime vacation things. Uh, And beyond that, Vlad, I I realize that we've never made this this comment on here, but if uh, if you want to get your message out, you know, Vlad and I are always looking for ways to find the community. If you are looking to become a, a sponsor or if you'd like to have that conversation, um, either for your company or beyond for this show or some other opportunities we have coming out, uh, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to have conversations about what you're doing. We try to be very specific about the people uh, who we bring on. Uh, both as sponsors and guests and all of those things. But we'd love to have a conversation. And if you guys are doing good things in the manufacturing community, we'd like to find ways to uh, to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And if I may, uh, I guess, add, Dave, to your uh, discussion, could you maybe clarify for us? So you do, I know, a lot of like technical work, but you also do some marketing help, right? Like you're helping yeah. manufacturers get discovered. You worked in uh, with many like uh, software as a service companies as well. So you do all kinds of like different efforts. Could you maybe clarify this for uh, for everybody a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on the end user side, a lot of what I do is kind of looking at, at problems, whether it's a specific problem like, hey, we're having issues with troubleshooting or, hey, we're having issues with communication or E&I technicians are, are not able to problem solve or we cannot figure out a problem statement definition. Uh, we'll go ahead and have those conversations. I also have conversations with end users of, hey, you know, this is my, uh, you know, constraint, like this is my choke point. Yeah, I need to find a way to put more throughput through that. And so we'll go find a way to, to figure out generally how to visualize what the throughput looks like so that we can figure out why we are not running at the rates that we are or need to run. So kind of everything from the, you know, training conversations uh, with, with end users, of specific problems all the way through machinery and optimization uh, along those lines, both a combination of myself and also partners I work with. And that that was a comment that I was going to make uh, later in the show. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But if, if, if you're an end user and then if you are a service provider and you're looking for help on the sales side, on the marketing side, on the maybe product market fit side, kind of anything along those lines, um, I've spent most of the last, you know, nearly 10 years working on on and with that side of the business of, hey, what can we do in order to find more customers, in order to branch out markets, 
in order to get ourselves known, which seems to be a big thing. You would think in 2021 going into 2022, it would be easy to find the people who are best in market, best in the world that they do. But I have a conversation nearly every month and certainly, you know, every quarter with a company that has, you know, 50 or $100 million of revenue um, over in Europe or over in Southeast Asia. And they come over to the U.S. and they've been here for 10 years. And I talk to 100 people and literally no, no one knows that company. So, I have conversations with all those sorts of people. Again, it's my goal to help uh, kind of the manufacturing community. And so if it's something that there is an opportunity to work together to bring your product out into the the broader community, I would be happy to find a way doing that, whether it's uh, marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's, you know, putting views on what you're doing, we can kind of figure out all of that. So Generally speaking, Vlad, if you are in the manufacturing community and you have a problem um, or you have you think you have an answer to the problem, I would love to find a way to work together. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, on my side, I guess if I may, I'm uh, I guess in a in a similar position, I do like to talk to anyone in manufacturing, but more specifically, and again, we'll get into more details a little bit later. I've got, uh, as I had mentioned, a couple of initiatives, so Solus PLC primarily selling technical training. So talking to anyone who's hiring technicians, engineers, and looking to bring them up to speed, again, primarily on Alan Bradley at this point, but we are working on integrating more materials. We're also looking to expand our offering to be beyond just, you know, the technical training. So there's a couple of things or projects and thoughts in the works. So that's going to be coming in in 2022, but talking again to engineering and operations managers on that side and on the systems integration and data, looking to speak with uh, any, I would say, digital transformation industry 4.0 leaders that are looking to leverage data uh, from the plant floor going into their manufacturing execution systems, SCADA, or ERP to make decisions. So ultimately just different ways, or I guess better ways than what we currently have to acquire and then manage and draw decisions from that data. I I love that, Vlad. Um, I'm excited to kind of document what you guys are doing, especially on that last part. Like, I feel like we've talked about like the Solus PLC and I'm confident we'll continue to talk about it. And I know what you guys have planned coming up in 2022 is very exciting. I don't know how much about that we, we can talk and kind of tease, but I think that the plans that you guys have with commitments and otherwise, that that's going to be amazing. It's going to absolutely take you guys to the next level. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to spend some part of next year documenting what you guys are doing in the data space with the the Arc Data Labs. I think that that's going to be interesting. I have loved to have our conversations mostly in the background about what you're planning with that. And and I love the fact that that was that was kind of a takeaway from from one of the shows. Like I think we had a couple of conversations about this and mm-hmm. and you 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 knew that you wanted to get deeper involved or more deeply involved with some of these. And I think that that will be good. I think it's good for you. I think it's good for the team working on it. And I'm sure it's good for the community. So I look forward to being able to go ahead and document some more of that um, as well as, as we go down the process. Um, and then I will make the uh, the throw out. If you guys are looking to, to get into some novel stuff in the data space and or looking to do some control in the cloud as a test, that is also something that, uh, that, that Vlad 
uh, wants to do. And we were joking about this with Benson yesterday. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, about that later, but, uh, yeah. kind of beyond that, if you guys are looking to do some fun novel stuff, or you guys have like a really awesome, like R and D facility that we can get into and kind of shine some light on you and your team, please reach out. We'd love to have the conversation. And that's part of our goal that we'll talk about moving into 2022 is finding more opportunities to get out in the community and to highlight some, some awesome groups and some awesome shows. Uh, but with that, Vlad, we have now reached the hour point. This is normally the time that I say we need to start wrapping up. But guys, we, we are just getting started. Um, That's right. Yeah, we're just getting started and I'm going to need to get some more, more water or, or have some more water brought in uh, for this. So we're going to take a bit of a break about uh, we're going to take a bit of a break uh, talking about Vlad and I. And we want to discuss some of the top guests of the show of 2021. Um, and Vlad, as I was looking, so, so this is specifically podcast numbers. And as I was looking at the podcast number of the guest shows, I realized that like five of all five of them are within the last like eight or 10 episodes that we've released. And I think that's because the viewership has just, you know, continued to skyrocket. You know, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it. You know, we've basically been up nearly 150% of listens month over month over month. I don't think we'll be quite as high in December, but I think we're going to continue to trend upward in December. So saying that, it is of no offense to any of our initial guests who did fantastic shows. It's just that, you know, our, our listenership has continued to, uh, to climb. And that is why nearly, uh, nearly all of the shows are uh, very recent releases. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through the list. And if you guys don't catch this, we're actually going to publish this again next week. So you can listen. So uh, coming in at number five, so everyone else has a hundred plus downloads. Uh, episode at number five is episode thirty six, which is Zach Stank. It's the live show that I did at Phoenix Contact. So I actually just need one person to go online and download it right now, so I can say all of them have a hundred. Um, let's pause. Okay, I'm going to say all of these have at least a hundred downloads at this point. So uh, top five all have at least a hundred downloads. Uh, so coming in at number five is Zach Stank. It's the live show at Phoenix Contact. That's our first live show we had. So I had so much fun. Uh, it was great to go spend some time there. We're going to have to go spend some more time there. I was a little bit uh, jealous. That, that was my sentiment while you were having so, fun at Phoenix. But So so, so I, I was having a great time. Zach was, showing, uh, Zach was showing me around. I'm like, I wish I had seven more hours in here to go do a bunch of video and other stuff. Um, and Vlad is up in Montreal, and it's probably cold at that point. And he's like, man, I really should have driven eight hours in order to get there. And that was the conversation Vlad and I had is does Vlad drive eight or nine or 10 hours in order to, uh, in order to get there? Uh, I, I said, Vlad, it probably doesn't make the most sense, but I got there and I'm like, Oh my God, Vlad, this is one of the coolest facilities I've ever been in. By that time and it was too late. Absolutely. It was too late. Yeah, for but me by, to by, that, by that time it was 25 minutes before the show. Right. right? So, so we're right there. Um, but no, so, so they're great. Uh, and then episode 37, uh, or no, I'm sorry, episode 24, which just came out uh, two or three weeks ago uh, with, with Jake Hall. Uh, so Jake, the manufacturing millennial, you guys know Jake, uh, puts out some fantastic uh, content. We had a great conversation uh, with Jake. That, that's one of a couple of episodes kind of out of time that will come out in the podcasts, uh, that will come out in the podcasts. Uh, so that, that was a fantastic conversation. I'm always in amazement of kind of the background and all the robots and other fun stuff that uh, that Jake has. I would hope, 
and we'll have this as a teaser for 2022, that we will be able to collaborate more uh, with Jake and with some other people uh, coming in. And so hope that that is in the works. Don't quite hold it to us because we don't have dates for that, but um, that is all in the works. Uh, yep. And then coming in at number three is Bobby Cole. Uh, so Bobby runs a awesome, well, I mean, he runs an awesome company called Think PLC. He has a fantastic story of building and selling his first company, uh, going and working in an executive role, realizing that he needs to be a manager and then building what is now Think PLC. So we had a, an amazing conversation about leadership. Uh, and that is that was kind of overarching in the entirety of the systems integrators theme that we have. Uh, Bobby Cole, James Dean, Justin Dean, all of them were very much talking about leadership and the need to lead. And as you grow a company, that's what you need to do. And it becomes less of an individual contributor, more of a leadership thing. We also had a really awesome conversation about brew logics. Mm-hmm. which we have talked about wanting to do. Um, and while we're on the topic of brew logics, we'll shout out there's a brew logics in Raleigh, North Carolina, February 22nd, uh, placed and time TBD. But if you guys are, are in the area, you guys should follow Bobby Cole. You should follow Chris Granger over at Eco Asks Why. They will go ahead and release more of that in the uh, in the coming years. But oh, it's if a you want to listen- in February? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so, Chris Granger on the Eco Asks Why podcast is coming out with that. And if I, if memory serves, Bobby says they found some sponsors. I, I think so. There's like an open bar. And so they can rent the facility. Um, and I believe Siem, I believe Siemens is a, is a big sponsor because Eco, if I'm correct, is the Siemens distributor in North Carolina. Uh, Eco as a company has a, a couple of different lines. And I'm going to stop talking about what they do. You guys should go ahead and, and check Eco and the Chris Granger and the entire podcast out is it like nearly 180 episodes at mm-hmm. this point, but uh, that, that's great. We have committed to finding some time with Bobby to do a live brew logics event and hopefully stream it to, uh, to you all coming in at number two. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I feel like we talked about him enough already, but is, is Max Crew. And so um, Max, we were talking about operational excellence. We were talking about theory of constraints. We were talking about how theory of constraints and kind of that engineering mindset can solve literally any problem within the uh, within the entire community. And so th- that is very exciting. We will absolutely have more. Uh, content more episodes with Max coming out into uh, into 2022. So you guys stick around to uh, to listen to some more of what we're going to do with Max. Um, if you want a theory of constraints kind of refresher or overview in 30 to 60 minutes, go ahead and check out Max. And well, I was going to say sh- on a side note again, I think that was a fairly underrated episode. I think Max is Number very two, knowledgeable uh, in a topic yeah. that's not like extremely focused on technology right and so maybe it's not uh, always the best live conversation but there's a wealth of knowledge in uh, in what he explains and again it's somewhat teased in the goal right because max again as we discussed earlier on is a very big supporter of uh, Goldrat, who was the the author of the goal. But uh, nonetheless, I think the methodologies are extremely important, like extremely important Mm -hmm. in manufacturing, right? And Fortune 500 companies have, for the most part, figured it out and are using those, like, well, for the most part, right? Like it, it depends on the plant, it depends on the area, it depends on 
who's managing that plan, but extremely underrated in general tools that uh, I would say like pay great dividends if implemented correctly. But anyways, that's the that's my thought on that episode. I, it was a really good conversation with uh, with Max, and he does. Uh, I don't know if you want to tease out what you're planning to kind of do with him, but I know that he's got uh, he releases content, which again I think uh, he could probably improve the marketing of the content. But it's very uh, very good information that uh, Max releases every week. So absolutely so if you guys don't follow max you absolutely should go ahead and follow max and max and i have some plans um that to uh, to bring more of those shows uh to manufacturing hub and to bring more of those shows to uh to, to, to the network and so um follow along for 2022 we hope to solidify plans and have those plans uh kind of launch at the beginning of the year and as those plans launch you guys can follow along and uh, and kind of hear about uh hear about all of that i, I will go ahead and, uh, and pimp our <laughs> newsletter right uh it's tw- it's almost 2022 so we're pimping a newsletter uh but so you guys can go ahead and follow along the manufacturing hub newsletter and we will have kind of all of that uh, all of the live shows, all of the shows, all of the podcasts as they come out in there. So go ahead and follow along that and follow along as we kind of expand what we're doing. Yep. And then at the top of the list, I think to the surprise of no one, is, uh, is Jeff Winter. So Jeff, uh, episode 38, he kicked off Emerging Technologies for us, which was our, our most recent uh, theme. And that was a fantastic theme. So Jeff I should say, first and foremost, uh, has recently taken a new role um, at Microsoft, and he is exceptionally interested in artificial intelligence and kind of the practical applications of artificial intelligence. Later in the theme, we talk with uh, with Colm about practical applications of artificial intelligence in episode 40, uh, but the conversation we had with Jeff was amazing, and kind of his one of his major topics in one of our conversations was how you can kind of be seen and known as a person that knows all of these things. And so he had a list of kind of five different things uh, th- that he had borrowed, right? He had borrowed and expanded upon this list of five different things. And you guys should go ahead and check all of that. It was a really good conversation. I know Vlad and I kind of took that to heart. And I think as we talk about some of our personal goals, uh, many of those you will find correlations. I mean, honestly, probably from all five of these these top shows. Uh, yeah, uh, but no. D- did you have any thoughts about the uh, the Jeff episode before we uh, before we uh, continue on? Well, I was going to mention he even uh, to a degree inspired us to take action on the whole uh, being a bit more involved in the community aspect, right? And I don't know if you want to mention your involvement or your. Future engagement gonna, with the I'm, ISM. I'm, 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 I'm going <laughs> to save that list. for. Okay. I'm going I'm to save that for plans and goals of 2021. But, okay. but Jeff but has long, inspired us to action. Yeah, I guess like long story short, it was a really good conversation, and I think Jeff uh, was very inspirational in many ways, and he knows, uh, I guess, how to approach being a thought leader in a very uh, positive light, and so we had a good conversation about. Uh, how we can get more involved. And when I say we, I guess me, Dave, and anybody listening for that matter, uh, getting a bit more involved in manufacturing, and that is through different associations, uh, the fees for which are very low, and then you can be part of uh, conversations. Again, I think because people 
uh, don't necessarily maybe always voice their opinions through the right channels. And so you have an opportunity to be involved on, again, how the standards are written for Industry 4.0. What does it really mean? Digital transformation, what does it really mean? You know, like the uh, associations are working on those definitions and have committees that are dedicated to that. So I think getting involved in something like that, and as uh, Dave mentioned, is going to be covered in our goals. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a really good conversation with Jeff for sure. Uh, absolutely. So we, we had talked about potentially doing uh, predictions of top trends for 2022. I think that we're going to crush two hours on this. So let's pause. If you guys are listening to this in podcast form, uh, you guys can check out the next episode where we'll talk a little bit about top trends and thoughts for 2022. If you guys are uh, watching us live, again, thank you for that. I'm going to put out a post um, at some point tomorrow or next week when I talk about my top predictions for 2022. And let's kind of continue to go on. I feel like Vlad alluded to it. We want to talk about plans and goals for next year, but first we want to discuss a little bit about how this year went. Um, and I guess the question to, for Vlad goes uh, is like, how, how much planning did you have going into 2021? Like, did you, did you know what you wanted to accomplish? Um, yeah. Did, did you know what you wanted to accomplish? How, how did the year go for you? Yeah, so I guess maybe to summarize the year a little bit better. So as of, you know, January until the mid to end of April, I was still finalizing my full-time MBA while working on some of these initiatives, less on our data labs, but more on uh, Solus PLC. And my goal has been to kind of transition into that full-time. I couldn't tell you that I had very specific, maybe listed milestones, but as mm -hmm. I've mentioned a little bit earlier i've always kept track of um you know some of the smaller i would say goals through airtable so i mentioned the it's a software that essentially allows you to manage uh, a sprint type of a framework a little bit better and so i did have goals written down for solus plc and you know how we were going to transition uh, myself and uh, my friend working on it karim uh, going into that full time, I would say that overall we've achieved many things. I don't know if we've hit like very specific goals that we've set out to achieve because we haven't really listed them. Um, but uh, I couldn't be more, uh, I guess, happy for what we've done this year. But uh, to your point, an earlier conversation on uh, being more structured, that's one of my kind of key takeaways on being a little bit better with uh, with goal management. So I, I like that. So generally speaking, were you happy with, with how 2021 went? Uh, if you go back and kind of, if you're, if the December, 2020 Vlad looks at where you got now, would you be happy as to, uh, as to where, as to where you've ended up? I mean, I certainly always want to achieve more, right? Like from that standpoint, so I'm going to continue and uh, to push myself, but I think a lot of progress has been made, especially, you know, transitioning from uh, being an employee at a company. As I've mentioned, I've gone through like different, uh, different opportunities over the last 10 years, but working for myself has, has been kind of a, not a dream, let's say, but an aspiration. And at this point, uh, I'm very happy with how that transition has gone. Uh, there's certainly some small improvements that could have been made in hindsight, but uh, 
it's uh it's a work in progress so i i'm certainly happy with uh how that happened no that, that's what about that uh, is... what about you dave can you tell us how uh, 2021 has been for you and uh what uh, what are your thoughts on the year yeah so Generally speaking, I am happy where 2021 has ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, so I had some goals, many of which went well, uh, some of which looking back, I find completely unrealistic and we can get into uh, into that a little bit. And some of which did not necessarily go as planned because, uh, I mean, on, honestly, because we had some disruptions with COVID and, uh, and other things um, in there. Uh, but no, so kind of, me last year looking in, I wanted to find a way to kind of expand and di- basically expand and diversify uh, what I was doing. And a lot of that was kind of like, how can I, co- how can we do some sort of collaboration? So uh, one of the top things is I wanted to find ways to diversify, you know, what I was doing. So going back into last year, I was much more specifically focused. I had a couple of companies that were that I was working with that it was very time and most of them were very time intensive. And I knew that I needed to do something to kind of diversify what I was doing to give myself a, a better opportunity of success in the long run. Um, I, I tried a couple of those things. Uh, some of them went well, some of them went less than well. Uh, I will I will tell everyone what I've told Vlad is that I am shocked at how well this, this show has done. Uh, going back, uh, we had talked about doing a show, you know, once a month or maybe every other week. And now here we are nearly every Wednesday, episode 42, and we've got sponsors and we've got grand plans to go into next year. And I, I am shocked and overwhelmed and so happy about that. And I feel like that absolutely kind of checks that box. Um, One of the other things that I really wanted to do is um, I now call them design sprints, right? So like that was my concept going into last year. Uh, Previously, I'd called them road mappings or discoveries. I, I now have I told Max and Max has given me permission to, to steal the phrase design sprint. So I now also call them uh, design sprints. Uh, and I had written down, I wanted to do six to 10 of these. And looking back at them now, I realized that is wholly unrealistic. So I'm happy with the number I did. I'm happy with the number that I've got coming up for, you know, Q1, Q2 of next year. Um, looking back at what at the six to 10, that, that is unrealistic for me just because of the time involved. And I have morphed kind of how how I do those. I've shortened the time. I've intensified them. I do more workshops. I do more group conversations. I do less report writing uh, when we talk about those. Um, and then kind of one of the things that I wanted to do on social is I wanted to hit 10,000, you know, connections and followers, which, uh, which I did, which was, uh, which was awesome. And I think some of that is, is in thanks to kind of this show and all of the conversations uh, we're having. Uh, Beyond that, uh, kind of on the personal side, I was hoping to take a couple of weeks of vacation. Um, we have a week planned to come up now, and I think I told Vlad this, right? So uh, we, we had a week planned in at the end of July or the beginning of August, and we had an Airbnb rented, and my family was going to come spend the time with us. And the, the, the owners got COVID, and it just was not a safe place to go. And so we ended up not doing that, and I ended up working through vacation, and I ended up working really hard for the next two months. And I just kind of, I kind of burnt myself out um, a bit in relation to that. So I need to kind of going forward – make sure that I not only plan what I want to do, but also I make sure that we take more time away. I feel like long weekends went fairly well. 
I think kind of personally, the, the personal professional work-life balance was not the best, right? Uh, that, that's something that I, I struggle with. And I think many people uh, who are, you know, self-employed who work with small companies, I think a lot of us struggle with it. I think it's difficult when you're always online uh, in relation to all of that. I think that that can be difficult. And so th that is something that I continue to work on. Uh, if you guys see me post that I'm leaving to go to the mountains, uh, goodbye and good luck for the weekend. That is because that is what I have to do most of the time in order to get away. So uh, in, in, some, in some instances, the plan was okay. The, the other parts less than okay, but we have plans going into next year to hopefully alleviate some of those issues and some of those concerns. But that, that kind of falls into the next bucket. Any other uh, key takeaways, Dave, for you for, uh, for this year? Yeah. So one of the things that I wanted to do, uh, I kind of called it like collaboration, right? Um, and it, it's a, I kind of find the, if I can have the conversation of, hey, this is what I want, what I do, what I want to do. I have found that I kind of just need to ask, right? And I know that, that 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 is difficult, right? It's like, hey, do you have this opportunity? Or, hey, would you like to do this? Or, hey, do you have a client who does that? Um, I, I have found that asking the question, you're going to get some really good answers. And I should, I should, and I need to kind of stop, you know, walking around it. And I should, I need to specifically ask what that looks like. And honestly, to the surprise of no one who has gone through this process, will I will be able to tell that I have found a lot more success when I've made those straight asks, as opposed to just kind of walk around what that looks like. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes sense. I, I really like those uh, key takeaways you've Taking away my thunder a little bit because I've had very ah. similar realizations, but uh, but no. So for me, uh, I think you know time off is extremely important. This is something that I've mentioned off stream to you, Dave. But uh, I think it's great that you find time to kind of spend outside of just screen time in general, right? It's not just about I would say taking vacation and then sitting in front of a computer doing other things than working. Yeah. It's also taking time off uh, away from screen time in general. And I think, you know, I'll also put in that bucket sleep time, right? When uh, yep. I, I would say, again, speaking for myself, when I was, you know, 20 to 25, you could follow the advice that you see on social media, which is, you know, just out outwork everybody and just spend a ridiculous time working. And I think it's fine on, you know, short sprints or when you have some crunch time for a project. But uh, what I realize more and more is that sleep is extremely important and uh, going through, you know, like three, four days on even like six hours worth of sleep, you're just not as productive uh, as you think you are, right? Like, I, I think we all tell ourselves a lie, like, yeah, I'm still doing great and you might be good and present there mechanically but when it comes to intellectually solving problems whether it is mm -hmm. you know like programming or thinking strategically about uh, problem solving it just isn't there and i'm realizing that more and more that it's not worth cutting away you know either sleep time or rest time or whatever it may be in order to kind of try and put put out the work uh, that you were set out to do uh, the next one is business systems and again like we've talked about this a little bit when you talked about the the cortex podcast but i think for me at least i get um and probably it's something similar to everybody else but very forgetful unless i have a very structured 
way and the more I can commit to things again if we do you know like the stream every single Wednesday at a set time and it's like a routine then and it becomes a lot less challenging on the thinking like about the logistics every single week well when are we going to schedule this with whom so the more we can pre-plan things the better and i think that correlates or corresponds to all the business systems in general like everything needs to be very structured and the more structure you can bring the better you're going to uh, to be able to perform because you're not using that brain power for just logistically aligning things uh, in the right order and on the last one it's a it's a spinoff on what you said dave i think asking for opportunities but i like to um i guess my realization or takeaway for this year is that people are willing to give you opportunities if you present a very thought out proposal to them right because i think a lot of us don't realize what we need and i think if someone brings a quote-unquote solution to us that makes sense with a very detailed plan uh, that has you know some numbers attached to it as required then we're a lot more likely to accept that than otherwise and I think you know come going back to the whole like negotiation mindset I think it makes a lot of sense to lay out something very concrete for someone to just say okay, I really like that, or let's change like a couple of things and accept that. And I think, again, to translate this back to any maybe real life, like day-to-day -day scenario, it can be as simple as asking your boss for some like training materials or even like new tools for your uh, place of work. If you say like, here's the tool we'd like, here are the three items that's going to help us improve, here's the cost of the tool, here's how you buy it, is a very different approach than if you're just asking, hey, can we buy some tools, we're lacking tools, you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of a realization, I guess, on the mindset that I've had, and it's maybe a little obvious to some, but I think coming in prepared with a plan uh, is a lot more likely to uh, to open doors and opportunities for you. Absolutely. So, so two points to what you're saying. I find that prioritizing sleep is in eating regularly and, you know, walking or exercise. It significantly boosts my productivity. Uh, for me, I have found like I can sit in front and grind them in front of the computer for eight or nine hours, but like the productivity just crashes. So yep. I have found, and one of the things that I want to do is kind of find more of that balance and kind of figure out what that looks like. And then to the, to the sleep, I have found that I work pretty well on six hours of sleep, but if I get eight or nine hours of sleep, then I can go do in the first two hours of the day what I may have to grind out the entire day when I get six hours of sleep. Yep. So for me, I, I think that, that that is something that I came to uh, a number of years ago is that, hey, I just need to go sleep. And sometimes sleep is more important than the other things. And it, it's kind of that that incremental, you, you know, you incrementally can do more uh, if you work longer. But I know that if I go spend the whole day and night working on a project, I'm going to be trashed the next day yes. or I'm going to be trashed for the weekend. And there is nearly no benefit to trashing yourself for the rest of the week in order to try to finish something overnight because you almost 100% had plans to do things the next day. So Absolutely. I would say... I, I would say that those are absolutely good points. And then to your proposal theme, it, it, your proposal thought, it's always good to have ideas coming in. Um, I'm a big fan of brevity. Um, and we'll talk about it going into to 2022. But I'm a big fan of brevity. 
And if you can say something in two pages with kind of like a cost or investment number on there, you're probably going to be much more successful than if you write 20 pages. Because if we can be very, very honest, Vlad, no one's reading 20 pages of a proposal, right? They might read the top. They might read two pages of stuff. They might read bullet points. And then they're going to read the cost. And beyond that, they don't particularly care. So I have found that general, like if you're you're selling someone a hundred million dollar facility, yes, you're going to need more than two or three pages. You're probably going to need dozens or hundreds of pages. But for most of the rest of us, when we talk about something, if we can be very specific as to what we want to do and use the fewest amount of words, that is always going to be a positive thing. Fair enough. Maybe the MPA in me just wants to see a big stack of papers, which kind of tells me there's a lot of work that has been put into that. But no, I I, yeah. I can certainly uh, appreciate that thought. But uh, what are your, Dave, what are your plans or goals or maybe achievements that you're looking to in uh, 2022? Yeah, so I, I have four major buckets or themes that, okay. that I'm working on. Um, but before that, and it goes hand in hand uh, with what we were talking about before, Vlad, I had a realization at some point a, a number of months ago. And that realization is basically I'm going to stop writing reports. Um, so historically, I would go, I would do a design sprint, I would write a report, the report would be, you know, a dozen plus pages long, and then it would get kicked back and everyone wants reports slightly different. I am much more in the I'm just going to give it to you in 10 power PowerPoint slides, and we're going to go through it, we're going to talk through it, and then I don't need to worry about developing 20 pages in order for me to have to go rework half of it. So uh, for me, a lot of it is how can I reduce the amount of things that I, I physically have to do kind of kind of in relation to that, I'm going to go do some outsourcing on video stuff on other stuff, so that I don't have to physically be the one who's doing that. And that is something that I have said for years, but it's just reached the point where I physically have to do it, because it's either I, I continue to do all the stuff myself, or I get to go spend time with uh, with my family and go to the beach and go climb mountains and things like that. So we, we have reached the point of that. So I would say that there are four main buckets, uh, four main themes of things that I'm working on. Uh, I, I'm going to go with what I'm going to go on the personal side first and kind of on the personal side is what I would call work-life balance. Uh, that is something that I have struggled with. And I think most of us struggle with uh, my, my, our, our friend, a uh, friend of the stream, friend of everyone, Jim Gavigan, I read a book and calls it kind of work-life excellence. Uh, I feel like at some point I'd like to get to work-life excellence. I am certainly in the work-life balance mode. So um, I'd like to take some more time away from the screen, a time away from this, um, spend some more time on vacation, which I, I think is going to be more realistic next year with kind of everything that I'm doing. Um, I This is kind of strange. I, I have come to the realization that I have not been on an airplane for fun since like 2005. Uh, I fly... I've flown probably a million plus miles um, and have uh, have not been on an airplane for fun since uh, since 2005. So uh, get on an airplane for fun. Beth and I go fly somewhere uh, for fun and spend some time uh, on, on vacation or maybe working for somewhere, but at least somewhere for for fun. And we have that in the works. And then we have, you know, somehow uh, a good portion of the major places and major things that we're going to do uh, through nearly the next 11 or 12 months kind of planned out. So having that plan and structure in place is a positive thing. Um, and I'm going to lead off with work-life balance because of that. Uh, kind of be, uh, I guess, do you, you have thoughts on that before I continue to, uh, to plow out? 
I have not prepared, I guess, a personal goal, but I think that uh, really makes sense. Are there certain measures or metrics that you have attached to this goal? Is there a number of days off? Like, what's uh, what are you tracking specifically to know if you've achieved or didn't achieve the the goal? I I I, I'm, I don't have metrics. I almost feel like having a work-life balance metric would be detrimental to work-life balance. Um, well, like, so I, I almost feel that. So I, I will shout out my, my notebook. Um, so my new notebook has like uh, the ability to go ahead and track things and they've got all these circles. And so some amount of them will be personal, right? So some amount of them will be spend time, you know, doing something. Um, and so some amount of them will be personal. Uh, I'd like to spend at least a couple of weeks that, that we have, not streaming uh, kind of away from things and we will figure out uh, figure out what that looks like I, I feel like the, the the positive metric is do I get on an airplane for fun that is not a work thing or it is not a like familial obligation we have three weddings coming up this year and so like it is not a work thing is not you know two or three or four uh, trade shows is not going to see clients is not a wedding and, or other familial trade familial obligations. I'm, I'm looking forward to trade shows, but anyway, Tra- trade shows are trade shows are fun, but they're work. And and yeah. I feel like I feel like that that's just the difference in perspective. Every time I go to a trade show, I'm working because I have a list of things that I have to get, do to get done because I'm giving up a week of my life. And when I, when I say I'm giving up a week of my life, like I'm not giving up a work week of my life, right? Like I'm going to be working, but I'm giving up all of the other time that I would be going to do things with my family, with, you know, hiking with whatever I want to do. Like I don't get to do that because I'm sitting in a conference room um, and then I'm sitting in a hotel room. So I'm giving up that. So I, I have to have things that I do that more than make up for, uh, for what I, I'm giving up. Uh, but no, so so no metrics, but I would like to be able to take at least a couple of weeks of, of at least mostly vacation and be able to unwind and maybe, you know, once a quarter, uh, maybe a little bit more often, be able to go out for a long three or four day weekend up a mountain somewhere where no one can find me. Uh, but but so, so that, that's kind of my, my number one in uh, in work life balance. Fair enough. Um, that's number two. So, so number two is I've got kind of like three buckets of things that I want to work in. So like I said, last year, I kind of had three groups, two or three groups of things that I want to work in. And one of them is I'm just going to call it general kind of like manufacturing marketing, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with this show. Uh, I think that this show has provided a bunch of fantastic opportunities. We have conversations and it has gone from the, oh man, it is so difficult to get all of this stuff done and prep the, the folks are going to talk to you to this may be the best, you know, hour plus or two or three hours a week that I spend because I get to go hang out with my buddy Vlad and I get to go hang out and have awesome conversations that we're trying to truncate to nearly an hour with, uh, with fantastic people who are super passionate about the same thing that we're passionate about. And honestly, if Vlad and I live next door, we'd probably be going to hang out at the bar on a Wednesday night to have these conversations. Yep. Uh, yes. Because well, honestly, let's not lie. We'd be in Vlad's basement kind of plugging and, and connecting things and hacking around stuff, uh, in the wall. But so I mean, well, I like, have so, a pretty sweet bar in the, in the other room, but that's a, that's a different okay. story. So, 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 so maybe, maybe 2022, that's right. we all make it to Vlad's bar. Maybe yeah. that is the work life. I'm not sure that that would count as work life balance, but, <laughs> but, but fun. Um, so, but no, so, so like a, a portion of that and, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it, but you know, I want to, I want to do more shows. 
We've got some opportunities to do more shows. We've got some concepts that we are working on. Vlad and I want to do trade shows and we kind of want to expand uh, what we're bringing to everyone in, you know, a few different formats. I think over the last three or four months, you know, we have rocketed up in people watching us in conversations we're having. I think it's getting better and better. And I would like to continue to find ways to do that and find the opportunities to bring new technologies and have ideas and conversations. And they, they may be great. They might be life-changing. They, they may be terrible, like my most recent concept of what if we lease PLCs if we can't uh, if we can't find PLCs to sell. But like, I, it, it's, I want to have those conversations because we as a community need to continue to have those conversations. So so, so that that is number one. I'd like to find a way to... Uh, continue to do more of that and continue to commercialize that because if we can commercialize that and make money and, and pay for things like our drinks, et cetera, that then we can continue to, uh, we can continue to do that. So uh, kind of bucket number two for me, and I've got some sub things under that is consulting and training. Um, and so as I discussed in the previous, uh, previous section, I do what are called design sprints. So I'd like to do a number of design sprints uh, in combination of end users on specific tasks, on operational excellence, as well as marketing and sales. And Max and I have some things uh, in, in the works that, uh, that we are working on along that. So uh, doing some consulting and training, both for myself um, and then with some other partners that we have. And then the third bucket is something that I have not done a ton of recently. Um, as, as many people may know, you know, I did a lot of systems integration work. So I did a ton of systems integration work for nearly three years. And I, I left it because I wanted to be able to do more. I wanted to affect change at a higher level, which mm -hmm. is what I've generally been doing. But I want to be able to continue to, to push through uh, those solutions. And so some of that is going to be, you know, implementations and bringing in, you know, known good uh, service and solutions providers. And so I would like to do some of that either through myself or through uh, partners that I have in, in groups that I have been working with. And so th those are kind of the three main uh, business objectives and kind of the one main personal objective that, uh, that I have going into next year. Awesome. Yeah, no, Dave, that uh, that absolutely makes sense. I'm curious, again, as you've mentioned, we're going to have these conversations throughout the year and uh, we'll see where we stand on these goals. I'm hoping to see maybe some metrics. I don't know if uh, that's part of the system, but uh, I'm, I've am i certainly not written down my own. Um, and so I could, I could certainly relate to that, but I think we should be tracking some kind of... Um, again, tangible metrics and updates and keep each other accountable to some extent. But no, awesome. Uh, I think uh, really good goals. Like I said, we'll get some updates as we uh, go through the year and see how those uh, those are going. But uh, no, I'm, I'm certainly a lot less prepared than you with, uh, with the goals. I do have a couple of things that I can discuss. I haven't really broken them down, but uh, a couple of things, again, that we've already mentioned at the beginning so on the solus plc front we we have uh, recently released the plc next course that is essentially just an introduction so an hour-long course on the phoenix contact plc next platform and we're looking to expand that together with them to a credentialed you know full six to ten hour long course uh, that should be launching by the end of q1 and uh, maybe very early q2 so there's a lot of work that's going to uh, go into that. Uh, we're going to continue building a lot of the tutorials. So we have, uh, last time I checked, over I think 150 or close to 150 different tutorials 
on the technical oh, wow. side. So we're uh, we, we've made posts, you know, on our social media platforms, but we've uh, we started working with uh, multiple writers that uh, again have more knowledge than myself on the Siemens on the Codasys side, and so we're looking to have them kind of work on that content. And uh, as always, you know, we're partnering up with those OEMs as well to kind of sponsor that and make sure that everybody's engaged in uh, in those opportunities. But no, there's going to be a lot of things coming out of Solus PLC going into 2020. And we're also, again, as I've mentioned, are reaching out to multiple manufacturers and are working with them to kind of figure out what's the next steps in, ter in terms of trainings that they need. So a lot of uh, things going on there. Then, uh, as I've mentioned, again, our data lab. So trying to flush out maybe the data solution as we spoke off stream, there is currently a demo that is in working condition. It's certainly not the final product. I think the next steps for that is to test out a heavier load on the data side, because I think we're at a stage where, you know, we've tested enough with simulations and we have data coming through. We have data being stored in different databases. We've got uh, various connectors going to like UI that allows you to graph and kind of look at data. But uh, the next step in terms of the technology is to feed, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of different tags and seeing how the system performs. And then also one of our goals is to start raising or looking at uh, raising funds in order to build a team to kind of flesh out the solution and be ready for, uh, you know, a real system. But while we are doing that, like I said, we're looking for manufacturers to kind of partner up with us, knowing that it's still early on, but at the same time, understanding the value of data and uh, having, you know, concrete applications that could allow them to solve some of those data problems or shortages, if you want to call it that. Uh, but no, those are kind of two, I would say, like work goals. I think you've outlined the manufacturing hub goals very well. I would really like to take the show on the road, so to speak. It's always been kind of a an interest of mine of uh, going to some of these trade shows and being able to uh, not necessarily be a, I guess, just have a presence with a mic there, but being able to sit down with some of the people that uh, are brought in by OEMs, vendors, uh, and what have you, because I think they usually bring in experts that you would otherwise be or have a very hard time connecting mm -hmm. with, right? Because they're so busy on the technical work and they get rarely sent even to these trade shows, but they do get brought on for some of the bigger events and uh, being able to sit down with them and speak about the technology, speaking about what's coming what's coming out, what the company's doing, I think is going to be really fantastic. So we're looking at, you know, several options. I don't want to say that anything is finalized, but we're certainly working on that and would really love to have uh, at least uh, a couple of shows lined up this year where me and Dave could be, um, again, doing some of the live uh, events at. So those are my goals for 2022. Um, what are your thoughts, Dave? I, I like him, Vlad. I think that we both have fairly aggressive goals, and I think it's always good to go in and kind of shoot for the moon, if you will. And I think that yep. if half or three quarters of the things that we're talking about kind of hit and connect, 
I think both of us are, are going to be very happy. And one of my initial concepts a year ago when we started uh, talking about this show was to be able to kind of talk, tell people and, and share a little bit about our thoughts and our path as, you know, we are both fairly new in the owning you know, your, your own business and having the entity and kind of figure out what, what that looks like. And I think that as we kind of expand beyond that, you know, our paths, uh, you know, professionally outside of the manufacturing hub are going to, are going to change. And I think, and I think that that will be good for other people who are perhaps interested in learning about these conversations and, uh, and everything that we are doing with that. Uh, but, but you kind of, uh, you kind of brought up the, the manufacturing of, and I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the changes that we've made. Mm-hmm. You know, one, uh, I think one, one of the major changes that we did, and it's something that we talked about, and I, I wish we had done it sooner, is we got an editor uh, for the show, and that's how it's allowed us to continue to push more of this out on a much more regular basis. And honestly, Vlad, I, I think uh, my conclusion is I wish we did it sooner. Um, and that, that, that's one of those things that I, I feel like much of it is as, as I wish we did it sooner. Uh, but I think that that has been positive And I think that has allowed us to take kind of some of the editing and other stress out. And it becomes the, hey, we get the show, we get the clips. That, that has been a positive. We're going to continue to look into other ways to do that. Uh, both for this show and for some other things that we'll talk about uh, coming up. But I think that that has been a positive of 2021 going into 2022. And so uh, I, I'm very happy generally with how that goes. And I'm excited about kind of some of the things that we have going up. Uh, and I would like to I would like to give you full credit of Vlad's like, hey, I'd like to go to a trade show. And I'm like, Vlad, I'm not sure you actually want to go to a trade show. Uh, but so between the conversations, Vlad and I and Karim, uh, the, the man behind the curtain, if you will, who is currently like seven hours ahead of us and in Spain in the mountains at the moment, um, otherwise he'd be on with us at the moment, uh, said, you know, I think that there's an opportunity to do like a really good interview talk show and to put together like a pretty awesome booth and and to do that and to do some of these live streams. And so I, I think that it's exciting. Um, I think we've had a bunch of really positive initial feedback and we will obviously see what, uh, what, what 2022 looks like. Hopefully we will be able to expand the number of events of, of wow. Hopefully we'll be able to expand the number of live events. And as we expand the number of live events, uh, there'll be more opportunities to go do shows like the manufacturing hub and get a bunch of really good interviews and do some behind the scenes vlogging and things like that for you guys, because we know that not everyone wants to go spend, you know, a week at a trade show or you guys can't cause you're, you're on site and all of those other things. Um, but no, I, th- I think that that's a positive. So kind of talking about what we want to do, uh, should, should we tell them what we have, what you and I have planned uh, for the beginning of January, Vlad? Yeah, I think so. Will keep us uh, want... more more committed. Absolutely. W- would you like to? Uh, would you like to tell everyone? Well, so we got uh, we got several things, right? Like uh, I'm assuming that you are alluding to the second, I guess, episode that we'd like to run every week. So me and Dave uh, gave it some thought, and uh, you know, we have really good conversations with the guests. I think one of the ways that we could kind of supplement that conversation is me and him with either discuss topics, you know, that have been covered that same week and kind of bring in maybe some more of our thoughts, but also create a, I would say like content around or having a unscripted discussion about different technical topics based on our experience. And I know that Dave has put in some really good thought too on that front. And there's even an idea of where we would be playing. It was a 
it was a uh, cybersecurity, like cyber threat game. So we would be mm-hmm. going head to head. I don't know if it's going to be me and you against the experts, but we would be essentially trying to uh, create some like technical, I would say like awareness, you know, like the game aside, but some more technical awareness about these different topics. And we would be a lot more kind of in tune with what's uh, currently going on and giving our uh, perspective on, uh, you know, some of these solutions and maybe opportunities in that uh, field. But no, so that's going to be, you know, the format is going to be not necessarily live, but we were going to record a conversation and then publish that as a second episode each and mm-hmm. uh, every week. And I know we've discussed maybe doing that uh, every two weeks, but I think uh, the once a week format is currently what we've decided to do. But in any case, that's the commitment that we're going to make for January. And then some other maybe more administrative things I think will get a little bit better at, uh, you know, making some of the podcast specific items that we've uh, talked about in the past. So kind of having like a nicer intro, maybe some better announcements uh, on the podcast or on the recordings, and then just upping our game when it comes to the, I would say the visuals as well. So we're talking about doing some different transitions, not having my awkward laugh as the beginning of the sponsorship announcement but everyone loves it (laughs) so just um getting i would say like or becoming a little bit more professional on the podcast side to make it a little bit again easier for the viewers to listen to and uh, pay attention to but no there's uh many changes like i said we're still working on it so uh it's gonna be 2022 uh to be released dave what are your what are your thoughts on all that Absolutely. So I think that kind of the, the main takeaway is Vlad and I are going to start a second show. It's going to be him and I, uh, we may occasionally bring on guests, but it's basically, basically we get so jazzed up talking about these topics. Uh, we don't think an hour can possibly contain our thoughts and enthusiasm. So we're, we're going to have a second show uh, follow with us through like January and February. I think we're going to try a few different things out to, uh, to see what fits um, at the moment. I'm calling it the unnamed second show uh, of manufacturing hub uh, with Vlad and I um, and it will quite literally be the conversation w- with Vlad and I because as you guys are continuing to listen for, for some reason you like listening to us and our thoughts on the topic so it's going to give us a much wider range of topics uh, we can talk about the theme that we're talking about and share some of our thoughts on it uh, beyond that we can also share some things like we want to talk we want to do like career advice and so we'll talk about career advice and we can talk about the supply chain issue we can talk about a bunch of different things we can have that conversation for an hour and then we can all move on from that. And so we want to be able to find ways to be more topical, to be more instantaneous, to, to be able to respond and react to things that are going on in real time. And that is kind of our main goal beyond that. So beyond that, so we have, a, we have I don't know, we could probably write them out and have dozens of, of different theme and concept shows, uh, but we, we want to do a second show and kind of see how that goes and be able to uh, to move on from there, but absolutely continue to uh, to follow everything. We will be able to have those conversations. Uh, kind of beyond that, like we we are basically to the. We've talked for nearly two hours. Thank you, everyone who has uh, continued to be here with us. Let, let's tell everyone how. So I, I guess I should say, uh, if you're watching live, or, or if you're watching live, we're off next week. If you are listening. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's, uh, 
Thank you, guys. We will be back next week uh, live for this. But let's talk about what we're going to do in January. Vlad, do you want to tell everyone what the uh, what the first theme is? Uh, I was going to let you make that announcement if you want to, but uh, sure. Uh, so January 2022, we are looking to start a conversation about the evolution of control systems. So me and Dave already spoke to a uh, number of individuals on the past shows and just in private about speaking to you know the merging back i would say or the evolution of the traditional controllers into linux based systems and we kind of talked about maybe having a general conversation about ipcs so industrial pcs and so we thought about maybe expanding on that a little bit and talking to some OEMs about not just IPC specifically, but why, you know, that transition took place. Why did we at one point in time have everything computer based and then that split off into, well, I guess like maybe not necessarily split off from computers, but we had relay based controls and then we had very dedicated PLC based systems that are extremely disjointed from what a traditional computer is. And now we're starting to see this maybe transformation going back into like Linux based machines. And again, there's many examples. I think every single vendor has a flavor of an IPC or maybe even a controller that you'd call a PAC uh, that is a combination or is a completely standalone computer uh, for both. So that's what we're looking to discuss in January 2022. We already have a sponsor that I think we've already mentioned, so up to 22. Uh, we will make the announcement for the giveaway, I would say, like the first episode that we talk to yeah. on. Uh, so the first episode is going to be January the 5th, as always, at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And uh, we will be talking to an expert again that understands controls from uh, the way the, they have been developed. I don't know if we want to tease out the guest yet. I, 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 I mean, uh, so, so, so Benson is coming back. Okay. We had a fantastic show. Um, we need to tell Benson how many thousands of dollars Vlad and I have spent on cameras and other stuff uh, since he, he kind of got us all into it. But no, so, so Benson Hoagland is coming back. Uh, we could not think of a better person to help kick off the uh, <clears throat> the evolution of control systems than Benson, because the first time we talked, he, he had a solid state relay that was 200% tested. So they tested all the way at the top of the heat range, all the way at the top, the bottom of the heat range. And then he also had kind of the next generation, I'm going to call them Linux based controllers or PACs. Um, and, you know, Benson's background with IT, I think I could not think of a better person in order to talk through kind of the, the, the overall evolution, how we went from relays and timers to solid state relays to PLC 135s to where we are now. And so we're going to have that conversation. And then we want to have the conversation of what we think is next. And so Benson is going to kick us off with the evolution of controls. Um, and then I think we've got at least one. We're hoping to get a couple of end users um, on there. And so I think we've got at least one end user. We're going to talk about kind of their thoughts as to where that goes. And then we're going to kind of have that conversation all in between both of how we started, where we started, where we are now, and then where everyone thinks we're going forward. Because again, part of our goal is to kind of look at what the next generation is, or perhaps the generation after the next generation. So I think that that's going to be a very exciting conversation. Um, every, everyone, the, the six people we've had, we've told what we're going to do have all been very excited. So hopefully you guys are also excited uh, for that. 
Uh, beyond that, as Vlad kind of mentioned, we're going to tighten up a little bit of the show. We're going to do some awesome things. We hope that you guys stick with us through that. Um, I think we've talked everyone's ears off, Vlad. Do you have any thoughts before we wish everyone a merry everything? No, uh, I think uh, we've covered it from A to Z. Really appreciate everybody tuning in. I think it's going to be a great 2022. Um, I do wish everybody a very happy holiday season. And, uh, you know, I guess on the maybe less positive news, the COVID is still hitting us. So I'm hoping for the best. But, uh, you know, stay safe out there. Make sure that you're taking the precautions. But uh, take and spend some time with uh, friends and family and those who you, uh, I would say, um, spend some time with friends and family. Absolutely. Uh, ha- happy Merry Everything uh, to, to anyone. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed our festive hats. Let us know if we need to have more hats as part of the show. Um, until then, again, we are off next week, the 27th, but we will be back live January 5th. And if you miss us, you can go watch the other 41 episodes on manufacturinghub.live. And because we are, again, semi-professional podcasters at episode 42, I should ask you to like, uh, subscribe to Spotify and Overcast and Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and follow us on, on the Solus YouTube and the Manufacturing Hub YouTube and follow us on the LinkedIn page. And you can find where Vlad and I are in there if, if you guys are in there. But please feel free to follow us everywhere. Connect with us. Um, as to Vlad is saying, be safe with everything. And we hope to see everyone back again soon next year. Thank Bye-bye. you, everyone, for tuning in. Appreciate it.